Welcome to Sermons in the Park, a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to take this time like I do each and every week just to welcome you all back and say thank you for joining me here, whether it be over on YouTube, BitChute, Rumble, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, I had something in mind to say before we get started, but I've done forgot what it was. <laughs> but um, what we do here, if this is your first time, is we do a chapter, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse breakdown of every book of the Bible this week, or currently we're doing Genesis. We're on Genesis chapter 27, okay? But before we get started, let's go ahead and bow our heads and thank our Heavenly Father for all the great and wonderful gifts He's given us, all the great and wonderful things, the gift of breath, life, food, water, drink, amazing things, you know, time with our families, all these great things that He's given us. Heavenly Father, we thank You once again for just each and everything You do for us, whether it be just waking up in the morning the gift of life the gift of breath the gift of the beautiful days that you've been giving us lately it's been beautiful lord the gift of rain that falls on the righteous and the unrighteous alike the gift of of family the fact we get to have children and pets and 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 wives and husbands and all these things mothers and fathers who raise us and teach us right from wrong we thank you for that father we thank you for your son jesus who came so long ago who died so we can have a closer relationship with you so that we can be righteous stand righteous before you and we thank you in the name of your son jesus amen now if this is like i said your first time joining us i invite you now to go back pause the video where you are or podcast whichever you're doing and go back and find the first on over on the podcast we don't have the very first the introduction so if if you're wanting to go completely back go over to youtube click on the genesis album and you can find um, a one labeled introduction and just work your way forward because this week we are on, on chapter 27 and last week we started chapter 27, but this is one of those longer chapters where we have to divide it into two parts, okay? And last week we ended with Jacob, and what, 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 what basically what happened was, right, Jacob tricked his father Isaac. He tricked him into giving him a blessing that Isaac intended to give to Esau. Because if you remember, Esau had sold that birthright, that blessing, to Jacob. So... Let's go ahead, let's go and read. We're going to start where we left off, and we're going to read the last few verses. Like I said, but we're going to pick up where we left off, and that was uh, verse 30, and we're going to read all the way to the end, which is verse 46. We're just reading the ones we're doing today. So verse 30. <clears throat> and it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, 
Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it, brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou comest, and have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety, and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and, he, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of the heaven from above. And by thy sweat shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth confront himself, or I'm sorry, comfort himself, proposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise, flee thou to Laban my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days, until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Then I will send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life be? I'm sorry. Shall my life do me? So what we do here, right, we go back, we, we read that first verse that we started with, which this time was verse 30. We're going to reread that, and we're going to just kind of go through it, right, and break it down word for word, chap, you know, just like we always do. So we'll go back to verse 30, which says, And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone, out of the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. So it starts off with what? It says, And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. So Jacob received the whole blessing. 
That is a blessing of, of all kinds. Temporal, spiritual, and eternal. The types that the land of Canaan were absolutely full of. The verse then goes on. It says, And Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father. And this makes sense. I'm sure that he, you know, he made his way out, out of there, <clears throat> as soon as the blessing was done. That way, he could avoid Esau. Right? And because I'm sure that, you know, what was all the, you know, the time it took him to, you know, to cut up the meat and cook it and all that. <coughs> he expected Esau to come in at any minute. And also to tell his mom, you know, hey, I was successful. We see the verse say that Esau, his brother, came in from the hunting. Now, this does not mean that he just came in from hunting, okay? It, it's very possible that he'd come home some time ago, you know, because he had time to do what? He had time to dress the venison and also to cook it before he then came to his father. So, let's go on. Let's go to the next verse, verse 31, which continues on to say, and he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. So it says, And he also made savory meat and brought it unto his father. This time it really was venison. <laughs> you know, some kind of a creature that he killed while he was out hunting. Not like what Jacob had brought to him, which just kind of tasted like venison. Right? The verse says, And said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that, that thou soul may bless me. This time it's actually being said by Esau. In a very respectful way. Just like a respectful son, you know, to his old and, and, and very honored parent. Esau was being an obedient son. He was following the commands that his father gave him. He's bringing him the food that he asked for. Right? He was excited to receive that blessing. Now, let us look at this a little more closely. Okay? Because there's a lot, of, there's a lot for us to take in. Okay? First off, I want you to bear in mind, God had already told Rebekah that the younger son would rule over the older son, right? Also remember this, Esau had sold his birthright for that bowl of soup. <coughs> now, God had to, let's face it, he had to have helped Rebekah and Jacob here. Or Esau, Esau would have probably came earlier, because don't forget, we're told right here that Jacob had just left. Now, I'll admit, very, I have no, no problems admitting it, it's difficult for us to understand this scene. You know, with Jacob and Rebecca, they're performing this scene for, for that birthright. But, God allowed this, you know, he allowed it to be seen all the way through to the end. And this all had to have happened before Esau came back. 
Don't forget, God is angry at Esau. He's angry that Esau took that bless that birthright so lightly. And this incident right here is one that we seem to we I should say where we see right an argument between predestination and foreknowledge. Okay, it's an example of foreknowledge. Otherwise. Why do we have the opportunity to exercise our free will, <laughs> right? Anyway, right here we're seeing Esau. Esau's coming back. He's coming back from hunting. He has the food that, that, that his father asked him to go out and get. He's cooked it, and he's standing right there in front of his father with, his, with the meat. Why? Why did Esau go after the venison and prepare it? Was it because he wanted to, you know, do what his father asked him to do? To, to meet his father's need? No. No. Why do I say that? Look at the words spoken there. He only did it so his father would bless him. That is, that is pure selfishness. Pure pure selfishness his father asked him for venison but he only did it because he wanted something it means more as a parent right i know plenty of you watching it means more when you when your kid does it because they love you just like if you, for a spouse with their wife it means more when your spouse does something because they love you right when your husband shows up with a rose, not because, uh-oh, I messed up, but because I, go, I got this because I love you. I got this book because I love you. Look, look, I cooked this supper because I love you. It means more, right? And, and, and But right here, does Esau do it because he loves his father? No, because he wanted it. He wants that blessing. All right, let's move on. Verse 32. And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. Look at that again. It says, And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? This time Isaac hears the voice. He's hearing a voice that is clearly Esau. So I think he said this more at haste when he's asking, Who art thou? He's surprised, right? And then the verse says, And he said, I am thy first, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. <coughs> and of course, this time it's true. This was his son. This was Esau. Not only that, but by nature, he was also his firstborn son. Not by right. Because remember, he sold that. He sold his birthright. What we see here is Esau reminding his father, Hey, this me, it's your firstborn son. Okay, so let's go to verse 33 now. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou comest and have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. 
Isaac trembled, it says. Isaac trembled exceedingly. This means he was visibly shocked. He discovered the scandal. Right? When, he, when, 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 he, when Esau enters, he remembers. He remembers what God said to Rebekah. He refuses to withdraw the blessing, and he emphatically affirms it, doesn't he? Right there when he says, yes, and he shall be blessed. Now, a little later, he says, behold, I have made him your master. He also says, your brother you shall serve. The sudden realization that he had, he had opposed God's will for so long, I imagine that this made that shock even more severe. Because remember, Jacob was Rebekah's favorite. Esau was Isaac's favorite. And here in verse 33, he says, I have blessed him. And there's no taking that back. You see, Jacob, whose name means trickster, he had the blessing. Isaac, he, he trembles because he realizes that the one that he wanted to bless, that he wanted to bless with an oath, was not the one he blessed. That blessing was now gone. And he tells Esau, he tells him that that. He was not aware that it was not him. That, that he gave the blessing to someone else. And I think that Esau, I think he was remembering what he did. The terrible thing that he did when he traded that birthright to his brother. Right? Now on to verse 34. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. So, after he sees, right, that what Jacob did, Jacob got here first, right? He begs his father. He says, Bless me, even me also. Again, we're seeing Esau fully expecting that he would receive a blessing. That is why he made sure to identify himself as the firstborn. You see, he's anguished. He, he had lost the most important thing, the most important blessing. And he's acting like, I'm innocent here. That sounds like people today, doesn't it? You see, he's shifting the blame over to Jacob. He's pleading for some kind of compensation. Some, some compensating word of blessing from his father. We, we all, all, I mean, I mean, as humans, we all feel for Esau here. Don't get me wrong. I feel for him too. I always felt sorry for Esau. Let me correct myself. Until I started researching for these sermons. I don't want to blame it on the preachers. I don't want to say that, that they weren't teaching the way that, you know, that they should. But it is because we as humans, we tend to see things through what? Through our flesh. And what we see here, Esau's not repenting. He's bitter. He's bitter at his brother. But he's bitter at his brother for what he had done. For his own sins. He knew that his father loved him better. 
He wanted what, you know, he felt belonged to him. And when he didn't get it, we see him pleading for his father to bless him. Isn't it interesting that that this blessing, which meant absolutely nothing more to him than a bowl of soup, this is what we see him pleading for here with his father, pleading for him to bless him. It's suddenly the most important thing to him, isn't it? Not the obligation that goes with it. No, 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 no. Just the blessing itself. Right? Let's go on to verse 35 now see what we see, see what happens. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and taken away <laughs> thy blessing. Thy brother came with subtlety. This right here shows us that Isaac recognized it. He recognized the fraud. He recognized the deceit. Now, sure, this might also be Isaac saying this, right? Not as a way of blaming Jacob, not blaming Jacob for what he did, but as a way of excusing himself. I go, this wasn't me. No, no, no. Your brother. You know, saying that he did not intend to give that blessing to Jacob, but that Jacob pretended to be Esau, which is true. That he pretended that he got, you know, he had gone hunting, and that he, you know, he had wonderful success on that hunt, and he came back with venison and he prepared it. That he then covered himself in the goat skins, you know, all the stuff that we saw, so that he could be hairy like Esau. And <coughs> because of all of this. How can you blame your father? I was the one who was tricked. The verse then says, And hath taken away thy blessing. Remember, as the firstborn son, the blessing belonged to him. Esau expected to get it. And yes, Isaac did intend to give it to him. Let's see what happens in verse 36 now. And he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times, and he took away my birthright. And behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? All right. I definitely have some explaining to do here. Look at this. For he hath supplanted me. We get these, this word right here, supplant. It actually comes from a, a word called, the original word was akab, A-Q-A-B. And that means to take by the heel. Isn't that interesting? Esau was so distressed because he saw, he saw this as a fulfillment of the prophecy that happened at the birth, when, when remember Jacob had him by the heel when they came out of the womb, and also as an explanation of his name, Jacob, because his name forms a pun, a pun with supplanter, which is pronounced Yaakob. Now, speaking of puns, look at some other words here words here like birthright, which is bakor. Right? And then there's blessing, which is baraka. These cursed and blessed terminology 
reminds me of Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. I figure I'll just flip through the Bible here instead of going to that app. This kind of freezes up on me a lot. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You see, Esau, he, he feels sorry for himself, doesn't he? He even becomes like a child, calling Jacob names. Like I said, supplanter means to take by the hill, or to restrain. Or even another extended word, trick. Like I said, Esau's blaming someone else for his own downfall. Did anyone trick Esau? Let me ask you that. Did anyone trick him? No. You see, Esau knew what he was doing when he sold that birthright for a bowl of soup. He knew it. The blessing that we read of him losing out on, it's part of that birthright. And here we see him begging his father to bless him. <coughs> in spite of what he had done. Verse 37. And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? It says, And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, So, he gives him an account of the blessing. He tells him, you know, what, what he bestowed on his brother Jacob. The verse says, Behold, I have made him thy Lord. His Lord. The Lord of his posterity. The one who, who, who the ones, I should say, the ones who would be subdued, who would become tributary to his seed. You see, the verse says, And all his brethren have I given to him for servants. This is speaking of the Edomites. The descendants, of, uh, the descendants of Esau. The ones who came from his brother, Esau. Right? The ones who, according to this prophetic blessing, become the servants of David. Who, as we know, is, the son, is a son of Jacob. The verse goes on to say, And with corn and wine have I sustained him. Isaac promised him a fruitful country, didn't he? The land of Canaan. Which, is, which was abounding with all good things, particularly corn, which, like I told you, would have been wheat, because it's the, cor the corn means grain of the land. Right? Okay. And wine. Wine, which is put for all the rest. Alright? Then Isaac says, And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? Think about that. What was left for him to give him? What could he possibly give to Esau now? Think about it. There's nothing left. Dominion over others, even over all nations. He had already given all of that to Jacob. What was there left? What could Esau possibly have expected? I feel that it's very important that we all realize that if Isaac had not been blind, Right? If he if he had his eyesight, he would not have given blessed Jacob, he would have blessed Esau. In the flesh, he is his father's favorite. That blessing belonged to him, technically. 
But he refused it. He treated it like it was nothing. He gave it to his brother for a bowl of soup. If you really look at this story, you can see a lot of symbolism here. God had his favorite, Israel. They also took their heritage very lightly, didn't they? They, they refused the blessing. And by that I mean Jesus. They refused him. The firstborn refused to accept it. So, the Gentiles, you and me, we got that blessing. I want you to notice, though, after the fact, Esau wants the blessing. Right? Verse 38. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing? Does this make it sound like he doesn't think what was given to Jacob was a big deal? He calls it one blessing. But there were several. He gave him several blessings. All different kinds, temporal, spiritual, all of it. <coughs> I mean, it is possible that Esau was not clear on what Jacob got. Or maybe, maybe he was hoping it wasn't a lot. That there might have been something left for him. And that his father had not drained all of his stock at once, right? He says, bless me, even me also, O my father. Meaning with another blessing with one equal to what you gave Jacob the verse says and Esau lifted up his voice and wept I think that he did this to try to stir up the affection of his father to try to get him to reverse the blessing he gave to Jacob to give it to him but he can't do that Isaac did not change his mind he did not revoke that blessing and he does it with eyes of tears. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 12 verse 17. Like I said, this app is real slow. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17. For ye know how they afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Did you notice, as we read this story, that never once did Esau say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I traded my birthright for a bowl of soup. I deserve to be punished. No. The tears that are in his eyes, they're for himself. He felt sorry for himself. He doesn't repent, not once. When we read on, we see the prayer wish. 
We see it call, we see him call for prosperity, for inferiority. It maintains the validity of the words that were spoken to Jacob. We see the words, be master of your brother. But that's replaced with, your brother you shall serve. But, the secondary blessing, it would not and could not undo the first. Read on, verse 39. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above. He promises him, doesn't he? He promises, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. But, I think, honestly, that this is a bad translation. Because when I was researching here, I found where some scholars said, that it should actually be translated as away from the fatness. Edom, or Esau, if you will, is doomed. He's doomed to poverty. But that his day will come, right? Let's go to verse 40. And by, the, by thy sword shall thou live. And shalt serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. Read that again. It says, It shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. The Edomites, the ones that come from Esau, <clears throat> they will, and we know this, they will occupy a territory, and that territory is less fertile than Jacob's descendants, who we know are Israel, but from time to time, they would break loose, right? They would assert their independence and take a lot, they take a lot away. So let's look at Chronicles chapter 21, verses 8 to 10. I'm wondering if this is 2nd Chronicles. I wrote it down wrong, didn't I? 2nd Chronicles 21, 8 to 10. Yep, and 2nd Chronicles chapter 21, verses 8, 9, and 10. In his days, the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah and made themselves a king. Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and all his chariots with him, and he rose up by night and smote the Edomites, which compassed him in, and the captains of the chariots. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. The same time also did Libna revolt from under his hand, because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. The verses say, Thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck, right? 
later in history, the descendants of Esau and the Edomites, they would fight. They fight with Israel. And they shake off control of Israel. We see this in 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 20. In his day, Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. Just like we read here and also in 2 Chronicles, right? Now, speaking of 2 Chronicles, let's go back to 2 Chronicles. We're going to look at chapter 28, verses 16 and 17. At that time did King Ahaz send unto the king of Assyria to help him. For again the Edomites had come and smite, smitten Judah and carried away captives. The blessing, the blessing that we see Esau receive here is a blessing of the flesh. God would prosper the work of Esau. Now, in the spiritual world, Esau is still subject to Jacob. Isaac did say that sometime later, the yoke would be removed. But, until then, he was subject to to his brother. So, let's keep going. Verse 41 now. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The day of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So, we see that Esau hated Jacob. And that Esau said in his heart, then will I slay my brother. So right here, we see the sons, we see the sins, I should say, of the son, right? Everyone involved in taking their toll. The verse says, the day of mourning for my father. Esau thought that his father was on the verge of death. We've talked about that earlier. And out of respect for his father, he basically says that, He's going to postpone the murder. <laughs> and remember, I told you earlier that, that Isaac lived for another 43 years after this. But you see, Esau, he had murder on his mind. He had murder in his heart. He knew that, of course, Isaac would never approve of him killing his brother. But of course, he's assuming dad's going to die soon, right? And when he does, I'll just kill my brother. Verse 42, what do we see there? And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, proposing to kill thee. And, and it says, And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. Notice who told her. We don't read how she finds out. But Jarky and Jonathan, they both say she was told by the Holy Ghost. But then we can find that Aben Ezra thinks that it was one of Esau's friends, or, or maybe a confidant that he told to. Now, that's possible, right? We'll never know, because the Bible doesn't tell us. The verse says, And she sent and called Jacob her younger son. 
calling him from either his tent or, you know, he could have been out in the field somewhere, tending to the flocks. Again, we don't know. The verse says, And he said unto him, Behold, thy... And she said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, proposing to kill thee. So she's telling him that Esau's he's determined to kill you. You know? And that he had laid out a scheme to do it. And that the thought of Esau, you know, doing it, you know, it comforts him. <coughs> Think about this. If Esau killed Jacob, he gets the blessing. That's Esau's nature, right? If he kills Jacob, and he got nothing in exchange for it, he at least got that sweet, sweet revenge. Right? Alright, verse 43. What's that tell us? Now therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. She's telling him, hey, I told you this earlier. She's telling him, hey, pay attention to me. Listen to what I got to say. Do it. Right? Which we already know he's done this time and time again. He had every reason to do what his mother told him to do. The verse goes on to say, And arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. She's telling him, get away from here. Go to your uncle. Go to see my brother. Right? So let's go on to verse 44 now. And tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. Tarry with him a few days. Now, if you look at Abinezra, what he interprets this to mean <laughs> is actually a few years. Instead of a few days, actually a few years. Hiskuni, who, he says a year. But I think it might be better if we just assume that it means one or two years. But we know, right, that he stays there a lot longer than that. Jacob, he stays there for, pause for effect, <laughs> 20 years. It's also possible Rebecca knew, you know, that she never saw him anymore. We'll get to that when we get there. Because she died before he returns. Sadly, after this account right here, what we're reading, we never see her again. The verse says, until thy brother's fury turn away. I think that Rebecca hoped that his anger would abate, you know, subside and be gone just in the process of time, especially when his brother was out of sight. And because of this, you know, because he doesn't see him anymore, it's kind of that whole out of sight, out of mind type thing. All right. Verse 45, we're getting really close to the end here. Verse 45 says, Until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him, then I will send and fetch these, fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? She says that she doesn't, she doesn't want to you know, be deprived also of you both in one day. Rebecca's not a fool. She understands that, you know, if he stays there, she stands to lose both of them. If Esau murders Jacob, you know, the avenger of blood, 
which is the next nearest relative would then have to track Esau down and execute him. She had one thing in her mind. She wanted to save her son's life, both of them. She didn't want you know, Esau to commit a terrible crime. She knew that Jacob would be safe with her, with her family. And after some time, you know, Esau, he, he, the anger will be gone, and then Jacob could come home. He could, Jacob could come home and be safe. All right, so we're at the last verse of the day. We're, at, uh, we're well, the last verse of the chapter, verse 46, which reads, And Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. And if Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these, which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? She's weary, right? She says, the daughters of Heth. These are those local Hittite women. The ones that we saw Esau marry. In order to deliver Jacob from Esau's vengeance, what she does is she decides, I need to send my favorite son to live with my brother. What she's doing is she's disguising her intentions. She's saying, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. Remember, God does not want his people to marry heathen, heathens, right? She needed a good reason to get Jacob to leave so that Esau wouldn't kill him. Isaac knew that his father, Abraham, had gotten him a wife from another land. He was aware, right? He was aware God would not be pleased with his sons marrying heathen women. So what we're reading here is she's presenting him with a, a very acceptable offer. Hey, I'll send him to be with Laban. He'll meet him a nice Hebrew woman, right? And of course, we know that that's what happens. So I want to thank you all for joining me here. You know, I hope today's sermon was, uh, you learned a little bit here. You heard some more of the story of Jacob and Esau. We'll continue that next week with uh, chapter 28. Um, Jacob and Esau were always a favorite story of mine. And you'll, you'll definitely see that as we get further and further in. So thank you all for joining me here. Uh, pray the Lord as they continue to bless and keep each and every one of you. I, I hope that, um, like I said, I know I said it last week, but I hope you guys had a great Easter. So thank you all. I love each and every one of you. God bless you. And I'll see you all again soon. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening.